Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Kathleen Kegg, VP of Marketing at LoadSmart, a technology company that's transforming the freight industry. Kathleen, it is great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. So tell us about LoadSmart. So LoadSmart, as you say, where our goal is to transform the future of freight. But what we are trying to do that is uh, different from others is we are a technology company first versus others who might be fitting in the market as a logistics or freight company first. And so that means that we are actually 40% data scientists and engineers, which is very atypical. And we're really looking to deliver value to our customers. So we're looking to engage our tribes. And what I really love about LoadSmart is that we have many different types of customers, meaning we sit in the middle. So we have shippers that we work with and we have carriers. So shippers, people who want to move things from point A to point B and carriers like trucking companies who are actually the ones to move those. And so when we sit in the middle, how do you add value to both of those sides, especially as a technology company, when they're much more used to engaging with more commonly known freight companies or logistics companies? Right. So that's really cool. So, and you and I had a chat, was it last week or was it just earlier this week? I can't remember now. The The time is amorphous, but in any case, we had a chat before about this stuff and the freight industry is one that's kind of ripe for disruption in this way, right? It's like a little old school, kind of the technology is a little old school, which is really exciting, but it also presents some unique challenges to you as a marketer. So let's talk about that. You just described that you have, you kind of sit in the middle. So you kind of have these two core audiences. So what are some of these challenges in terms of reaching out and and developing relationships with these folks and connecting with them? Yeah. I mean, you, you hit it on the head there. It's about relationships, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about consumption of or adoption of a platform with you know, totally self-directed. It's really about how do you build trust with both of these communities when you're sitting in the middle. And when, as I said, when you are leaning forward as a technology company, because really what we're trying to do is automate. We're trying to automate how freight is moved from point A to point B. We're trying to automate how it's priced and quoted and booked. If you think about sites like booking.com, you know, Mm -hmm. they're doing it, they're, they're managing these bookings in an automated instant way so that you can add value in other places. So how do you introduce that to carriers and truckers? And how do you introduce that to shippers in a way that makes them trust you and, and, Mm -hmm. and want to build a relationship with you? And so when we talk about engaging those audiences or the challenges that come with, we have to look at the person on either side and the community on either side. So what I mean by that is a shipper to us is not somebody who just wants to move something from point A to point B. Somebody who wants to ship goods and they're in an enterprise is completely different from a shipper who uh, might be an owner operator of their own small to medium sized business, right? So we don't create what you call tribes or you might call cohorts or how do we engage those tribes? We would never say, hey, the challenges that you face in shipping are shared just because you're moving things from point A to point B, right? So the way we address those challenges is we look at the enterprise or we look at the SMB and we say, what do you face every day as a challenge? What's your pain? What I like to say, like, what gets you fired? What gets you promoted? You know, what sort of cereal do you eat in the morning? Who do you engage with? And they're completely different. So when we address the challenges of the enterprise, like we'd rather have questions saying, 
hey, what are your really big goals around sustainability? You know, where do you really want to digitize or move forward with digital transformation? Whereas for somebody who's smaller, we might say, hey, let's balance cost and service and just get it there on time. Because we're, we're starting with those individual, those individual pain points and value that we can help address. Whereas on the carriers, I can talk about carriers separate, but you're nodding mm. like you have uh, something to ask or say there. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm just, I'm just. No, I'll keep going. Okay. So, I mean, so much so that, you know, we talk to our shippers, as we call them all the time, we name them, we create buyer personas. So we always like to say, what would Eddie do? What would Alex do? What would Tanya say about this? As if they're in the room with us, which means that everybody on our marketing team has talked to all of these different types of shippers. So we can say, when I talked to Michelle, she said this, or when I talked to Mario, he said that. And that way we really bring them to the table with us when we're talking about how to meet their needs and engage them. On the carrier side, it's very similar. We build out the similar personas, we meet with them, we talk with them. And what we really do with the carriers is we try to cultivate a community because they can go to many different places. They're called load boards, which actually have a nice history. There used to be sort of truck stops where they had pieces of paper that was called a load mm. board. And that's where truck drivers would come and pick up their, their load. Now we have it in a digital way where they can literally log onto a platform to see that load board. But we still call it a load board. Um, there are lots of places for them to go and pick up loads. Why on earth should they go through us? So how do we uh, cultivate a community, build trust, show them that we see what they're trying to achieve and that we're aligned with that. And we don't push product. We speak to customer pains or aspirations. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. So, so you literally have conversations with these folks. How do you initiate that? Do you just reach out and say, hey, we'd love to talk and learn what you're all about and how we can help you? Like, how do you get people to have that conversation in the first place? Yeah, I really do try to stay away from things like gift cards or incentives like that because it feels a little disingenuous. I really like to have a conversation to say, we here at LoadSmart want to understand the complexities and challenges that you're facing every day, not because we want to sell you anything, mm. but because we really want to understand what you're dealing with right? Is it better to come in over budget or under budget? Is that what keeps you up at night? Or do you stay up at night because you really want to lower your CO2 emissions? What is what matters to you? And people really want to talk about that. You know, if somebody mm. called me up and said, I really want to talk about what keeps you up at night and really bothers you, um, or what you really, really want to achieve, we find people are very willing and open to talking mm. about this, especially because we are, everybody's going through digital transformation, right? We know that that's sort of uh, been talked about a lot, but this is really an industry that is really, as you say, prime for disruption. I mean, this is similar to how people used to book airline tickets and they would call the airports or call the airlines, right? And then, then they're moving into you know technology to automate and make that more efficient, but it's brand new. Everything's new. So we find people are very willing to talk because we can take what they say. And because we are a technology company, we can respond to it and solve the problem instead of offering more, you know, logistics expertise to it. Meaning instead of saying, let's uh, try and manage this the way a typical digital broker would or the way a typical broker would, we actually say, why don't we go off and look at what you're doing? Look at the data, look at the insights. It's really a data problem. Come back to you and say, hey, why don't you move X amount of 30% of your shipments could have been moved by rail. Okay, and that would have lowered your CO2 emissions by X and it would have saved you X amount of funds. That's much more valuable than trying to sell more of the same 
thing. So people, we talking to our customers has never been an issue because we're really reaching out to add value always, always to add value, always to the carriers and then always to the shippers to add value. Okay. So it, and it sounds like you've done a good job of earning their trust so that when you reach out and say, Hey, we want to talk to you because you are asking for their time after all, but it sounds yes. like you've, that you've done a pretty good job of earning their trust, developing those relationships. So they're willing to give you their time because they see value for themselves there. Yeah. Because we never reach out and say things like, Hey, I can save you 20% on this. We reach out and we say, what problems are you trying to solve? Mm-hmm. Right. Or what's really bothering you or what do you wish you could? And then we can deliver to that. What we're, what we are lucky with is I do say, you know, we're 40% or 50% data scientists, engineers, the other half are all industry veterans. So everybody comes from the industry so they can speak their language. So that's not, I should have mentioned that balance too. So when we go and have these conversations, we understand, you know, legacy wise, it's like having people from the airlines working with, you know, on a tech technology platform too. They really understand, stand the pain and can speak their language, which has been really important for us. Yeah, that I'm glad you brought that point up. That seems really important, speaking the language and having folks in the company that, that speak the language right? What, what is that language? Depends who you're talking to. But typically, you know, it's balance of cost and service. And my learning, you know, since joining here, a lot of lessons I've had is it's incredibly complicated. I mean, mm. we think it's so simple to move. So you order something from Target or Home Depot, you expect it to be shipped to you. You know, there's so many other, so many other points that happen along that way. You know, it's not as simple as just digitizing the supply chain or throwing a blockchain solution at something. It's all human interactions that go along the way. It's incredibly complicated, even though you're just moving something from point A to point B in theory. We see massive impacts from things like weather Mm -hmm. that come through. We hear language like spot rates or contract rates or how things move between different types of agreements that shippers have with their carriers. So my, my takeaway from it when you ask the languages is, my goodness, it's very, very complicated. And we like to oversimplify these things sometimes to say, well, you're just moving from point A to point B, you know, where's my couch? Like, we ordered a couch and it was supposed to arrive in June and it's not coming till November, maybe. But at least I have mm-hmm. more sympathy now because I'm like, oh, the poor shippers and truckers are trying to get it to me. <laughs> right, right. Well, and especially over this past year with COVID and the disruption to supply chains. I mean, that's been, I, I'm sure... In your line of work, that that's been a massive disruption and and a, a topic of great interest. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's a huge amount of demand, and there's not enough capacity to meet it. And you know, truckers can be and carriers can be very selective about what they say yes and no to, and they can say no. So it's one of the mm. things as a result that we try to offer is a hundred percent tender acceptance, which means if you book with us, we accept it a hundred percent of the time, mm-hmm. which is something that is directly going to the shipper value and directly going to carrier value because you can guarantee that the load comes through. So, you know, I think that you've really sort of hit on a key insight in marketing in that if the job of any marketer is to earn the trust of your audience, because at the end of the day, that's how you're going to cut through, Right. A key to earning that trust is learning the language. I mean, literally, it's almost like if you're not if you're not already familiar with it, it's like learning a foreign language, right? Sort of learning the syntax and the grammar and the rhythms. And because you're going to bake that into your marketing, and that's how you earn trust. I mean, we trust people who understand us, understand how we think, and 
speak a similar language to us. If if you don't speak that language, there's a language barrier, literally, right? And it's just much harder to learn the trust. I think that sounds really important. Yes, it's that. And then, you know, what that helps you earn trust in, you know, in addition to when you sit in the middle, how do you add value to both sides? You know, why should I trust you if you sit in the middle? It's sort of this is the old school way that stockbrokers worked, right? Mm. We know that stockbrokers are always going to be taking a slice and we don't have stockbrokers anymore. We have financial planners, Mm-hmm. Right. So a financial planner says, do you have kids? You know, do you want them to, do you want to start a college savings? Uh, when do you want to retire? We should talk about a 401k. You know, that's, that's where we're going now, where typically they say, oh, well, you sit in the middle, you're a broker, you know, I'm not going to trust you. Instead, we can have conversations that say, we automate how this is happening so that we can provide di- di- different value to say, hey, what are you trying to achieve? Right. Do you have sustainability goals that we can help you through these, through yeah, data insights and optimizing your modes. You know, where where are you? Do you understand carriers, the latest legal requirements that have come out? Do you understand the what a smart way certification is or different different things that are valuable to them? So how do you add value that is outside of an of a typical model is another way. Mm-hmm. And so if we can turn to you and say, I'm not just in the middle trying to take a take trying to take a slice or hand things off. I'm here or I exist as a technology company to deliver value to you and I iterate fast and deliver value to you. We find that is another way that we ha- we really strengthen our relationships with our customers on both sides. Okay, that's really interesting. So you have to learn to speak sort of the traditional language, but because you're doing something right. new and disrupting that means you're you are using different terminology and different language, and I I think based on what you're saying, you have to find a way to kind of translate that to to articulate it in a way that's going to resonate with these folks who are used to doing things a certain way. That's exactly right, exactly right. And how we and how we determine that on on our side, as we say again you know, who, who are we talking to? Because if we're talking to somebody in the enterprise, they're probably pretty sophisticated. They're probably already using the technology. They're probably looking for ways to enhance and optimize. There's not as much of an aspect of education. There's more, let's get on the same page about the journey and where you're trying to go to. And we offer innovative technology that you can use to get there. Very different conversation from people who are very apprehensive about technology. They're not sure how to make the most of it. And then your tone to them is much more simple, direct, educational. You we actually say, you can work with us and we use the technology and we'll teach you. We'll teach you how to log in. We'll mm. teach you how to use it if you want. If you don't want to, you can just work with us directly, right? So we let you, we let each buyer, we actually client or each person consuming the service decide how they want to engage. Do you want to have us just plug into your technology and then you can use the, you know, you use load smarts rates the way that you would use anybody else's, right? We'll live where you live. Or you can just say, hey, I don't want anything to do the technology, but I trust you to help me get the most out of it. So it, it's, it is an interesting line to walk because you mm-hmm. want to be speaking to the buyer's value, the value add to them as a technology company. You know, when, mm-hmm. when, the, when one's, one's really wants to adopt it and is far down and the other one's still sort of crawl, walk, run. And, and, you know, we're, we're doing it. We are doing it. And I think it's because, you know, I tell you, we, we really know our customers. We go to their barbecues. We joke mm-hmm. about that. We see different posts where they, people meet up on the weekends, they go out to lunch. You know, we just, um, 
are really committed to solving problems using the technology, but they're people's problems, right? And I think mm -hmm. that that really gets us more so that away from this old school stockbroker model, right? Or the sitting in the middle model, how do you earn trust? So it's the language, and as you say, absolutely is a language. It's going to people where they are talking about their problems and then responding to it, you know, really on a one-by-one -one level and then allowing people to grow up with the technology as they choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. Because on the one hand, you guys are like cutting edge technology company doing something new, disrupting right. an industry. But at the, at the end of the day, it comes down to those old school business practices. Get to know your customer. Go to the barbecue. Talk to them as a human being. What do they really care about? Right? Like that's the oldest school thing you can do. And and but that's because that's what you need to do. That's what it all really comes down to in the end. Yep, that's that's where that's where we're. It always sounds true. I mean, they say you can market anything, right? You can sell anything, but uh, if you if you are always focused on your client, if you're always client centric, if you're always using data um, to optimize, and if you're always focused on your outcomes, then I think that that's always a recipe for success. You know, being client centric, data driven, and outcome focused is something we practice here. Mm -hmm. But we always start with the client. We never push product. Right? We never push a product or product features. We always speak to the person and what they're trying to solve for relentlessly. And it's mm -hmm. not as easy as it sounds. I mean, a way to engage your tribe or cultivate your community, you've got to start mm -hmm. with the person and people just gravitate to what they know, which is their product, right? And they just start right, pushing right. their product into communities where they push themselves into communities instead of going and talking about, you know, what are you doing today? What yeah. are you trying to do tomorrow? And and I, I mean, I think people do that because it is easier to push your product. I mean, that's what you know. It's That's easier because, you know, you spend all your time designing this product and you know every little detail about it and you really believe in it, right? You genuinely think, of course, this is awesome because it is. I mean, you know, you put all your yeah. time and effort into it and it's exciting and you want to talk about that, but it's hard, you know, and that's kind of the easier route. It just doesn't ultimately work, at least today. It's harder and takes more time and it's less of a sure path to go out and say, let's go talk to the people. It's all about them. It's not really about us. It's all about them. We need to listen to them and really get to know them. That takes time and effort. Exactly. When I, when I first joined as well, I didn't know our buyer. And so I paused, froze all demand, all of it. So we're not mm -hmm. going to spend a cent. We're not going to do any kind of demand generation the data we have will come in and not be relevant or helpful because it's not aligned to buyer messaging, mm -hmm. right? So if you're using the wrong data, and that's a whole other conversation. Now, but if you're, yeah. if you're it's junk in, it's junk out, right? And so we paused everything. And we all got on the phone with customers and we wrote up customer profiles and what their challenges are. And, you know, we named them, as I was saying, and we have these personas that we always refer back to. And then we say, okay, now we understand you and we understand what you think what you're trying to do. It's qualitative. It's quantitative. We, we can talk to you and we can also meet you where you are. Right. So mm -hmm. that's, that's another, another fun thing that comes out of it. You know, if you find out that your audience isn't digital first, if they're not on Facebook, don't advertise on Facebook, right? About half of ours is, you know, who's really on Facebook, a lot of carriers and truckers really active. They are also mm -hmm. on clubhouse because they can drive and listen to clubhouse, for mm -hmm. example. Right. So you, you learn those things and then enterprise shippers, you know, they go to the sources that they trust, but the small to medium businesses, they don't have time. I mean, they're not 
their primary job is not even to move things from A to B. Their primary job is to run their company. And so they're, they're, they don't want anything digital, right? Um, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what we decide to do there. But, you know, in a past, in a past life for me, we found out people weren't digital and we decided to take out ads in print magazines. Right. Um, actually, in Harley Davidson, because mm -hmm. <laughs> the people we were targeting were working in factories and they had flip phones and they dropped them all the time. Right. Or they could get broken. So they weren't hyper digital. So we started advertising in Harley Davidson magazine because um, that's where the target audience was. And so as we grow, as we learn more, again, I only started in January as we learn more about the small to medium enterprise shippers and the things they're trying to do. I feel quite strongly that probably as events come online and as we learn more about their print preferences, that we're going to start doing some, some print advertising too. Really interesting. All right. We've covered a lot of ground. So let's boil it down a little bit. What's the main takeaway you think from what from our discussion? I think the main takeaway in terms of how to cultivate a community or engage your tribe is always going to be buyer centricity. And the best way to do that is everybody on your marketing team, everybody in your company should be talking to customers. Everyone should speak their language. Everyone should know what gets fired, what gets them promoted, what keeps them up at night, and then from there, you know, execute and meet and meet where they are. I also think in addition to in addition to going to where they are and speaking their language when you're in a company as many of us are that believes they're disruptive that believes they're changing behavior so instead of going out and selling or marketing more of the same and different flavors actually saying we really want to change behavior we really want to change an industry don't talk about yourself you know mm -hmm. don't say you're disruptive just disrupt right? Don't go and tell everybody how wonderful and refreshing and new you are. Go and see about what problems you can solve and demonstrate it and then tell those stories to other people. Um, I think it's mm -hmm. so hard when you're very, very excited and what you are doing is very different, not to tell everybody how great it is. People really primarily care about themselves. <laughs> it's it's true. It's the dirty little secret, right? No one cares about you. Yeah. Not, your customers don't no really care cares. about you. They, they care if you can help them solve a problem, or, but they care about the outcome. They don't really care who solves yeah. it or exactly, right? You, it's, yeah, that's an or important Or even how insight. sometimes, you know? Right. Sometimes people are like, I can do that with time and resources and it still solves my problem. Yeah, right. Okay, then, you know, we'll talk to somebody else. <laughs> so, right. you know, you can move things by horse and wagon if you need to. It's still going to get there. You don't need us to automate, you know, to auto automate that matching and then provide additional value. So I think I think those, to sum it up again, as I yeah. still continue to ramble on a little bit, I think you have to be incredibly buyer-centric and know exactly mm -hmm. what people's um pain points are and what their aspirations are in order to cultivate that community and don't box them in by job titles. Like a shipper is not a shipper is not a shipper, right? They're different cohorts for what they really care about. And that if you, if you do believe you're disruptive, don't go and tell those people you're disruptive. Just go and disrupt. Just demonstrate it. Earn their trust. Demonstrate. Earn it. Cause you know what? It can be broken. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. What a great conversation. Kathleen, thank you so much. So many great insights. Thanks. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B-Knowledge.com. 
Thanks for listening and staying engaged.